Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is April the 23rd, and our chapter for today is 2 Kings chapter 20. What a remarkable chapter this is. We're going to get right to it because there's so much to cover. Remember the context. The Assyrians have just been routed by God Almighty, not by the armies of Israel, not by the mighty forces of Hezekiah, but in answer to a prayer and for the sake of David, Hezekiah's ancestor, God answered prayer. Now, I am going to say to you, I believe with all of my heart that God over and over again did for Hezekiah what he did because of his ancestor, David, and the fact that Hezekiah's heart was like his. Because it is brought up in these chapters and in the chapters concerning Hezekiah over and over again that he was like his father, David. And I believe God had a special fondness toward him because of the heart of David that was in Hezekiah. That means that Hezekiah trusted God in an unusual way like David and exhibited Hesed, which was the remarkable feature and character attribute and quality in David's life that I believe distinguished him as a man after God's own heart. Now, after the days of the great victory over the Assyrians, Hezekiah was sick and near to death. And Isaiah the prophet, the court prophet of many kings, you can read about this in the book of Isaiah, And even Isaiah's call came to him in chapter 6 in the year that Uzziah died. We call him Uzziah. But in the year that Uzziah died, it was such a traumatic experience because he was close to Uzziah. And he had walked with Uzziah. And God took him. And when he did... Isaiah's heart was broken, and it made him open and vulnerable and pliable to the Spirit of God to call him to the great work that he did. And that's when we read about him seeing the Lord high and lifted up during a time of crisis in his life. Now, let me just step aside parenthetically and say to you, isn't it remarkable how God will take crises in our lives and will draw us to himself. David said, it's been good that I have been afflicted because I have learned to praise you. I've learned to pray. I've learned to depend. On and on and on, David goes. And so Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, went to him and said to him, thus says Hashem, thus says Yah, set your house in order For you shall die and not live. God in his mercy said, Hezekiah, I'm going to bring you home. I'm going to allow you to die. You are at the end of your days. Get your house in order. Aren't you amazed 
that God would say to a person, get your house in order? How many times God has spoken since the days of Hezekiah to his children and said, you're going to die soon. And people will say, I'm going to die soon, Pastor. The Lord's going to take me. I can't even tell you. I could tell you story after story, some that would make the hair stand on your head. When God has said to a person, you're going to die, your wife's going to die, whatever, your husband's going to die, and I want you to get your house in order. God usually speaks not only to that individual, but to the one that's associated with them the closest. And so this happens many times in the latter years of one's life. When there is a sickness unto death, and there is a sense that there is a sickness unto death, and so God sent the prophet Isaiah and said to Hezekiah, you're going to die. Then he turned his face toward the wall, that is, Hezekiah did, and prayed to Yah, saying, remember now, O Lord, remember I pray how I walk before you in truth and with a loyal heart. That's the same words that's used about all the kings that walked after their father David because David had a loyal, a whole heart is the word, a whole heart. He was totally devoted to God and have done what was good in your sight. God sees it. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And it happened before Isaiah had gone out into the middle of the court. He hadn't gone out of the room very far that the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, look at this, the God of David your father. He's hearkening back to David. I believe that God saw the same heart in him that he did in David because he mentions him more than any other king how that he was remarkably... And I use that word today because it is noticeable. That's what remarkable means. It is something that is extremely noticeable how often he references David in reference to Hezekiah. And here's what God said. He said, I am the God of your father, David, and I have heard your prayer and I have seen your tears. God hears and God sees. How many times have I mentioned that to you since the book of Genesis when we started? God knows. He's omniscient. He knows everything. God sees. He sees it all. He saw the binding of Isaac. He saw how Abraham was faithful. God sees it all. He is Yahweh Yireh. He is the God who sees he hears, he hears, he sees our tears, he hears our prayers. Does it matter that we cry out to God? Yes, it does, because God said, I'm going to give you an extension of life. Surely I will heal you, and on the third day you should go up to the house of the Lord. He said, I'm going to heal you, and I'm going to heal you within three days to where you're going to be out walking again. You're going to be seen and you're going to go worship me in the house of the Lord. You're going to go to the temple and I will add to your days 15 years and I will deliver you in this city from the hand of the king of Syria. Now, why would God say that? Because just because the king of Syria had been defeated and lost 185,000 troops doesn't mean he was going to stop his marauding of the surrounding nations. So Hezekiah knew he would come again. And so God said, in your days, I will defend this city for my own sake. And look at this again. 
and for the sake of my servant David. I say it to men and women and churches across America. I tell people this around the world. So many times in our lives, God does something for us because of someone else, because of those who have prayed for us. Those who have come before us, those who have gone before us, those who have prayed for us before they ever knew us, before they died, they prayed that God would be good to us. And they never saw us. They never knew our name, but they prayed because one day they knew that God would raise up a lamp unto himself. And so the scripture says, interestingly enough, I'm going to heal you. God told Isaiah, tell him, I'm going to heal you, Hezekiah. I'm going to give you 15 years. I have heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. I'm going to extend your life for 15 years, and I'm going to protect you during this time. However, I'm not going to just divinely intervene all of a sudden. I want you to understand that there is a process to this healing. Now, God can reach down, as he did throughout the Bible, and can touch someone without ever, ever using any means whatsoever. I mean, God just reaches down and heals somebody, raises somebody from the dead. But often he uses means. This is what he does. Now, Isaiah said, take a lump of figs, that is a fig poultice, so they took and they laid it on the boil and he recovered. Now, in the Bible, there are several words for healing. One of the words in the Greek language is the word therapeuo. It's where we get our word therapy, therapeutics. Many times, therapy has to do with the use of means for healing. It is just one of those ways that God heals. God many times uses means. I'm often asked, well, Pastor, when you when you really are sick, what do you do? Do you pray or do you go to the doctor? Yes, I go to the doctor while I pray. I've got a headache, so I take some Advil or some Tylenol while I pray. I pray on the way to the medicine cabinet, on the way back. And you say, well, are you really trusting God? Well, was Hezekiah trusting God? Was Isaiah trusting God? Isaiah was just a messenger boy. And what I'm telling you is God himself, when he walked on the earth, Sometimes he would just reach out and touch somebody. Sometimes he didn't touch them at all. Sometimes he just said to a man, you go, your son will live. Go, your daughter will live. Go, the person you're one will live. Sometimes he just called out and cried out to his father and raised Lazarus from the dead. He never touched him. And so I could go on and on, but sometimes he made some clay and put on somebody's wound or their eyes. Sometimes he embraced them. Sometimes he allowed a tallit, a prayer shawl, the edges, the tassels to be touched as the woman with the issue of blood that was hemorrhaging. You see, God does all of these things for a reason. Sometimes he gives us something to do so we have a part in that. Sometimes God will give us 
something to do that seems totally unrelated to what our healing is or what he's asking us for. Why would he do that? To show us and give us a visual. Why? Because we remember things visually. That's what all the Moed are about. That's what Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, Shavuot, all of these had to do with instruments, with apparatus of some kind or another, with all kinds of visuals, of fruits, of breads, of eating tasting, the sensory perception. God would do this, the blowing of the trumpet, the hearing, the audible, speaking, saying, seeing, touching. All of these things have to do with helping us to remember what God has done. God made us body, soul, and spirit. We're not just spirit and soul. God gives us our senses where we can experience who he is. And so Hezekiah said to Isaiah, could I have a sign? What is the sign that the Lord will heal me and what that I should go up to the house of the Lord on the third day? Now, it seems from this that he was not asking this, doubting God. He was just saying, Isaiah, did you hear for sure about this? Uh, because now you just said I was going to live very specific time. I mean, is this God? Can you give me just a little bit of help on this? And so Isaiah said, this is the sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do the thing which you have spoken. Shall the shadow go forward 10 degrees or go back 10 degrees? Ahaz, his father, had a sundial that he had made. And Hezekiah said, it's an easy thing for the shadow to go forward 10 degrees. That's easy for Hezekiah to say. It doesn't do that in our day. But let the Lord get the shadow going backwards 10 degrees. So Isaiah the prophet cried out to the Lord. God heard the messenger boy, Isaiah, and he brought the shadow back 10 degrees by which it had gone down on the sundial of Ahaz. You see, sometimes God will do something like that just to let us know he's still God. He could have done what he did without a sign, but this time it wasn't like a fleece. He just said, will you give me some kind of assurance? So it's not a doubting thing in this case. It's a totally different construction altogether than what we saw with Gideon. But at this time, because of the great victory that had been wrought by God, then the king of Babylon, the predecessor to Nabopolassar and the predecessor to Nebuchadnezzar and the predecessor to Darius the Mede, all of those people from Mesopotamia had realized that the God of heaven was with Hezekiah. And so they sent and set up an embassy, an envoy, a, uh, an ambassador, and Hezekiah foolishly showed them all of his great wealth. Now, he may have done this knowing that they were in constant battle with the Assyrians and thinking, well, you know, God's blessed me. You hang with me. I'll hang with you. And, and there may have been some kind of pride that overcame him. Whatever the case was, this was a foolish mistake. God immediately told him, you have messed up. Isaiah went back in. I mean, this was a lot of interaction. You see why Isaiah was so close to these kings. He was in their home, in their palace. He was with them all the time. I mean, here's a lot of interaction. And here is he speaking now, Isaiah speaking to Hezekiah and saying, you've messed up really bad. 
This is not going to go well with you. And everything that you've shown them, they're going to take one day from you. Did that happen? Exactly the way God said it. So Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord, which you have spoken is good. Again, just like David. When Nathan said, you are the man, you know, Elizabeth in English, thou art the man. David responded. And he immediately put on sackcloth and ashes and immediately prayed what we have recorded in Psalm 51. He cried out to God to have mercy on him. He cried out to God to be gracious to him. He cried out to God for chesed. And over and over again, he named the God, I, I have stepped over the line. He used the word Pesha, transgressed in Psalm 51. I stepped over the line. I'm out of line. I'm out of bounds. It wasn't anybody else but me. Lord, it's, it's been in me from the beginning. I am a sinful man. And he said, because of that, I've fallen short. And he used the word chatah. He said, I have sinned. I have fallen short. I've missed the mark. Oh, God, I have messed up. And then he said, I've covered up. He used the word avon, which is the word for iniquity, for twisting and distorting, trying to put the blame on someone else. All of that in Psalm 51, 1 and 2. In other words, he said, I've sinned against you and you alone. I've sinned against other people, but God, mainly I've hurt you. He wasn't just upset because he got caught. He did get caught, but he knew what he was doing. You see, people say, well, you know, they're just confessing because they got caught. Well, they may be confessing because they already knew it. And when they did get caught, it was somewhat of relief because now they could be in the open and confess it to God. That's what David did. I'm telling you, it was like electricity went through his body. I know when, when God said, you are the man. And he said that through the finger and the voice of Nathan the prophet. And so, like his predecessor, King David, here's Hezekiah saying, well, the word of the Lord is good. It's whole. It's right. He's just in saying what he did. And then it talks about the rest of all that Hezekiah did, the great tunnel. I was just there three weeks ago at this tunnel in the city of David at the Gihon Springs. I was at the Pool of Siloam that the tunnel ran the clear, crystal clear pure water into the pool of Siloam. Yes, it's there today. It's real. And Hezekiah, 2,800 years ago, think about it, 2,800 years ago, he did it as he walked with God on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.